You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Murder in the First After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Murder in the First After Show. I'm looking at you, Marina. You're supposed to be singing this song. <laughs> I really don't know it. You picked it? Really? I do. I like this Not song. Not a Beyonce yeah. fan? I, I'm, I like her a lot. I just don't know lyrics of songs in general. It has to be like an old song. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. It's a little self-conscious. Sorry, you don't want to sing it. That's cool. Whatever. Hey, guys. Welcome into the Murder in the First podcast right here on AfterBuzzTV.com. Season 1, Episode 6. Punch drunk, hence the Beyonce drunken love. We figured it was applicable this week, I guess. Yes. I'm your host, Bobby, joined by JB and Marina. Monsi is out this week. She will be back next week. We missed her on the last ship, too, but it's okay. Um, all right, guys, let's jump in. Cause let's, let's do this. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, a very fun episode. It was an hour-long episode, as they all are, but it seemed like it was about 20 minutes. Yeah. Very fast. You went by very fast. Very fast. Very interesting. Very moving very quickly. And... I know that we were all kind of, hey, truth be told, the first couple episodes, um, we were a little uncertain about this show. Let's put it that way. But I think every episode since about two, three, four, five, and now six has gotten better and better and better. And this one maybe, I don't know about y'all, but maybe is the best so far for me. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's really finding its its format. Um, in the beginning, it was jumbling a lot uh, with different scenarios, different characters. There's a lot, a lot going on. Now it's really kind of trimmed down into basically the trial this episode. Um, so it was a lot more focused, and we got to see Daniel just really whip some some out. <laughs> doing his thing, man. Absolutely doing his thing. So we start with that, too, and actually we see him whip some out in traffic in that very first scene. Eric's agitated, doesn't want to be late, understandably, but he's got to understand that this is a marathon and not a sprint, and a murder trial is not something you do in a day. And Daniel's literally grabs him by the neck like you would like a dog. You know, a dog or a little kid or something. I don't know, you know, how you punish kids. But something like that. And Daniels is <laughs> really kind of... <laughs> this old geezer's like, overdoing it and stuff. But showing Eric, it's time to shut up. This is my domain. You can do what you do wherever you do it. Mm-hmm. Court is my domain. And did you notice Eric didn't say another word the entire episode? Well, I feel like Eric has become Daniels' like, puppy. You know, he would do whatever he wants because, you know, he walked away once and he will walk away again if he doesn't follow his rules. Right. I think he really gets his role now. And it's obviously one that's a little bit played back. He was trying to play quarterback in the first few episodes uh, and that did not work out well for him at all. So I think he's finally realized, you know, his his mistakes he's made. He's got to just play this part and that part is to sit down and shut up and not not smile in court you know he's gotten some good um commentary on what he was doing wrong he obviously had to pay for it with a 10 mil Um, (laughs) so i think he's really buckling down and taking it seriously for once he should be taken seriously because he's literally on trial for his life right yeah um but daniel to daniels it's interesting to see the dichotomy because 
Eric, it's his life. He takes it seriously. For Daniels, I don't mean to make light of it, but it is kind of a game for him. Because he's an attorney. He's not the one who's going to jail. He doesn't see all that. But he's this is court for him. He's been doing this for decades. And you can kind of see the game of playing with Saletti, the prosecuting attorney. And Saletti's trying to prove a case against Eric. And Daniels is all about reasonable doubt. Which is what it always is in a murder trial, is reasonable doubt. And if you can prove with just a little bit of reasonable doubt that Eric might not have been there, that's all they need. And so every... Uh, every witness, every te- you know, every time somebody testified today was interesting to see how Daniels just tried to cast maybe just the slightest bit of doubt in their testimonies, and he was more successful with some than with the others. He was very successful with the guy who had the computer graphic mock-up of Cindy falling down the stairs. He was not as successful with the forensic analyst, the semen expert, because she pretty much told him off, and he had to kind of back off immediately right there but i guess to grade him out for the first couple days of the trial not with what happened with mark strauss at the end we'll leave the suicide for just a second but with just the trial events do you guys think william daniels is getting his client off so far i think he is i mean he did very well with the doctor obviously that was probably his best um kind of um defense but he also did it pretty well against terry um you know i think if he won like two out of three that's definitely moving in the right direction um in terms of the jury a lot of his statements um you know he was able to to object to a lot so a lot is stricken from the record i think he's doing pretty well like report card wise for for day one and he did well with mark strauss too even though strauss's situation is now different but i think daniel's probably won the mark strauss situation too but there are a few times that were all like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Like when they had the mock videos, the guy made it clear that he couldn't, she couldn't have broken her neck when if she fell by herself. And then Daniels comes in and his whole thing, it's about her falling by herself and nobody says anything. That's right. uh, yeah, I understand. It really bothered me. Th- that should have been the end of that interview yeah. if he was like, well, point blank, here's a fact. She couldn't have broken her neck falling down the stairs. Yeah, not the way that she died. Yeah, on her own. Yeah, right. it's a mistake. So at that point, I understand Daniels wants to cast reasonable doubt, but what's the reasonable doubt if it's a dead set fact like the guy explicitly said, she can't fall down the stairs on her own and break her neck? That and, was confusing. Well, I think that uh, what they were, that model was showing, if she had fallen in one specific way, hitting the stairs in any number of directions wouldn't have broken her neck. I took it to mean that they they modeled every way she could have fallen based on how she ended up. And there's no way that her own slip could have caused her. Yeah, I was a little confused about that too. The only reason I think, um, you know, it was a little bit more broad was afterwards he said, you know, there's no way that we can map every single possible outcome because obviously like anything can happen. So it's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe... He made it more specific. We obviously just watched it once, so there could be like a line or something that we um, yeah we missed. But also with Mark, right? He killed Mark. He, you know, Mark is not a very good speaker. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's kind of crazy. But he had an alibi. Like, why didn't they say anything? Why didn't he mention the name of the woman? Why didn't they use, you know, the footage that they have, the proof? Well, see, I thought about that too, and I agree with you. And then the more I thought about it. English and uh, Mulligan went to Sally Smoot afterwards, and Mark may not have known 
all those details that English and Mulligan know. He may know that, yeah, his alibi checked out, like they told him that, so he was off the hook, but he may not have been told her name was Sally Smoot, this is what happened, because he really doesn't remember it. So from Mark's perspective, it looks pretty bad. His alibi won't check out. I look guilty, whatever's going on. From the detective's perspective, it's embarrassing in the moment for the prosecutor to say, this looked really bad. Mm -hmm. But the next day when Sally Smoot comes in, they can rectify it. The problem is courts in recess now, so they can't rectify it. And really, now that you say this and I started thinking about it, Daniels may have in an inadvertent way kind of driven Mark Strauss to suicide and been one of those factors because Strauss looked so awful in court and so disheveled and so whatever and then straight up ask the judge if he needs an attorney you know not not anymore buddy you're good now where right. you where you're going you don't need an attorney <laughs> I think you're safe. I think you're, safe. <laughs> you're safe from that right now i think you're okay um yeah whenever you ask the judge if you need a lawyer it's <laughs> bad news i feel like if you get in a position to ask a judge don't yeah. even ask the question if you legitimately have a question for a judge if you need an attorney the answer is probably yes yeah. <laughs> the answer is always yes pops in your head and you're on trial then probably if you're hearing the words alibi from a <laughs> yeah. detective just lawyer up right now which he should have done from the beginning um the interesting scene, I guess, with Daniels and testifying and everything about the court was with Terry. Because we see Terry practicing with Mulligan, which is what a lot of detectives and people like that do. And they go to depositions and they meet with lawyers and whatever. And it was interesting to see Terry in court deal with the prosecuting attorney and then deal with Daniels. And it got a little more contentious with Daniels, obviously, like we would have expected it to be. But I think Daniels is such a pro he knows you can't get you can't look too bad in the eyes of the jury in terms of being too antagonizing to witnesses so he's got to be careful even when he has somebody like terry who he knows is going to give him the opposite of what he wants of what daniels wants you still have to kind of play it close to the vest with terry and you can't go over the top yeah daniel did an amazing job talking to terry you know just he just knew how to ask questions a certain way that made people doubt you know, and if they doubt a little bit whether in what Terry is saying is true or not, or if it's, you know, for sure or not, then he's, you know, he's in a good position. That's the thing. You only need one person to have a little bit of right. doubt mm-hmm. out of 12. And if Daniels can count on that one person to have that, you have enough, mm-hmm. you know. So I guess to ask the question now, now that we've seen day one, day the first couple of days, whatever it is of the trial and the investigation, um... Is Eric Blunt guilty? We do this every week. We do a murder oh. watch every week. We're going to talk about Bill in a second because Bill's looking pretty good. Bill yeah, is Bill. looking very and good. And when we had Raphael Sparge on the show last week, we told him about your uh, Bill theory. And he wouldn't, like, give us any, you know, spoilers. Right. He wasn't going to talk about it. But he was just like, okay, noted. <laughs> I'll, I'll hear it. <laughs> so I don't know if that means anything, but Bill's might be looking a little bit better. But before we get to Bill and all that sort of stuff, Eric Blunt, guilty or not, based on what you've seen today in the trial? I say not guilty. What makes me think that he's not guilty is that also last episode he took a test, right? The lie detector. Yes, and he passed. So I don't. I mean, I don't know how accurate they are, or if you can, you know, play around with it and you know lie. I don't know, but that kind of made me think. Okay, maybe he is not. They're not accurate. Yeah, it's not a it's not a science. Right, it's not admissible it's in not, court. Accurate, okay. yeah. But but I mean, they are okay. they're accurate enough to the point where they do use them in situations like this, right? Okay. To kind of gauge what's going on. So even though it's not you know admissible in court evidence stuff, mm-hmm. it still is kind of an indicator for what right. the defense for, wants. For at least for yeah. us to yeah. pick whether he is or not. Yeah, and now I don't think he is. 
I, I mean, I, I think he's involved somehow, but I don't think he's the killer. I agree with you guys, but then my question is, he was definitely there getting a blowjob 15 minutes before she died, so how do you explain that? Maybe it was the lawyer that was there watching. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, the lawyer is my guy. I'm starting to think, honestly, and we can talk more about this in predictions, obviously, but I'm starting to think, honestly, that Cindy Strauss's death was accidental. The monkey wrench in this, though, if she was messed up on alcohol and ecstasy and all this other stuff, who knows? You know, we did have that After Buzz pool party this weekend, and we were all a little messed up on just alcohol. But, you know, you start walking a little funny, and, you know, you just if you're messed up on a lot of stuff, who knows what could happen if she's in her own place, right? We've I think we've all been there. Um, maybe not. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the no situation comments. that Daniels kind of drew up from the information given that she was on, like, a trifecta of drugs yeah. um, was... Like definitely raised the doubt in my mind. Uh, all that stuff. Plus, she was pregnant. Like anything could have happened, even if it um, was with, without Eric Blunt. I mean, anyone uh, like him, Bill, uh, Mark Strauss. I feel like any of those people in that situation, knowing that she's pregnant, they obviously all care about her because they've all had relations with her. You know, that could have spun out of control in a number of different ways. Yeah, but I keep remembering that Eric always forced drugs into the mouth of women he was sleeping with. Like, we saw it in many different episodes. He was like, forced them to take drugs. So, I don't know, maybe he did force it into her. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't taking it of her own volition, but it was that cocktail of champagne and Xanax or whatever it was in that thing we saw a couple episodes ago and this girl who we see in previews and coming attractions may testify against him in court for doing this to her years earlier Mm -hmm. so yeah that is a great point uh a great point on eric there i don't know i'm I'm starting to think it might have been an accidental accidental death the monkey wrench though is kevin nyers's death which was a closed case for us but then we see a lot of this chris walton stuff the guy who admitted to doing it and now chris walton is saying i didn't commit the crime but how would you have believed me i didn't have an alibi I'm a low life. The system was made to get guys like me. He was there. His fingerprints. Yeah, were he was there earlier in the night. So, is Walton telling the truth now? He has nothing to gain by telling the truth. Is he telling the truth now to English when he says he didn't kill Kevin Nyers? I think so. I, I didn't think he do, he did it to start with. You know, when he confessed in the court, I didn't think he had done it. It just it seemed to me that somebody made him do it. You know. Somebody made him confess or something would happen. They would kill him. I don't know. And again, he was a low life, you know. Right. He was a drug addict. What did he have to lose? Yeah, and what does he have to gain yeah. from, from yeah. saying that now? Like, I mean, he's already in jail for the crime. Like, it doesn't matter. And it's an off-the-record conversation right. in, like, mm-hmm. a kitchen back room or something. It's not even an interrogation right. room. So how would anybody ever know that? And maybe, and this is way too far speculation, but if you were Chris Walton, you're a drug addict and a drug dealer, and you got all these problems, and you're living terribly, jail sounds pretty good. If you want to get clean, and you want to have three meals a day, and you want a roof over your head, I mean, I'm not kidding. I know that sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. but jail might sound better than some of his other options. So if he says... I didn't commit the crime. No one will ever believe me. I don't want to go through a trial. Let me just confess and just, you know, live my life in jail. And that's it. And that's depressing as hell. But, right. but maybe yeah, it that's... could be the lesser of two evils. Yeah, ex- yeah, absolutely. So, and we don't know too much about his motives or whatever, but ju- judging by the way he looks, which is what he brought up, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what's going on with that guy's life. Um, I guess it opens the door, though. Who then would have killed Kevin Nyers? Was it Blunt? Because of this blackmail deal. Here's the thing about Blunt that I don't understand with both of these deaths. If it is Blunt, 
which he's on trial for. So let's say, hey, maybe it could be him and he's the primary suspect. Sure. Um, the guy's worth billions of dollars. So pay off Cindy Strauss to have the baby and just don't talk to her anymore or whatever, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then pay Nyers, you know, 50 grand, whatever he wants. 50 grand is nothing. And if Nyers keeps coming back, record these conversations and go to the police and say, I'm being blackmailed and that's illegal. You know, I don't understand why kill two people over money and whatever other motive if you have enough money to just pay them off and make the problems go away. If, assuming Eric killed them, you know, why? I don't think he killed them, but I think he, he was involved. I think he had somebody kill for him. But what, what would be the motive, though? Was it was it something like to make his problems go away, or is it something deeper relationship-wise? Maybe embarrassment, you know, just trying to get rid of that part of his life. You know, the fact that he killed his mom. You know, oh, Kevin, that, that Kevin, Kevin Nyers killed, killed his, mom. his mom. So I think he, he hated his dad for it. That's actually interesting. Maybe. Also, there could be another secret that we aren't um, aware of yet. I think when Terry was on, on trial tonight, he said um, that Kevin Nyers in his email wrote, like, I'll expose this um, about you. So I think, I mean, it seemed like the blackmail wasn't just that one time and it was sort of an ongoing thing. Um, I think it was like, what, $50,000 yeah. at, at one time. But to a billionaire, chump change. The secret might be worth something, something else. We had that issue with uh, Jeremy, his old uh, colleague, and, you know, he was wanting to expose something. So I feel like there's something that Eric fears more than just money because, as we saw with Daniels, he's ready to just throw 10 mil down. Yeah. I wonder if it's, like, another murder that we don't know about, you know, because that would really screw Eric. You know, money, he doesn't care. But if, if it's something that is going to put him in jail. This is so crazy. We just went from Eric's not the killer to maybe Eric's a serial killer in like five <laughs> minutes. I just want to know what happens. And Rafael Sparge didn't tell us anything last week about what happens. You're killing me. Uh, let's move on to JB, your guy. Let's talk Bill. Okay, let's talk Bill. Bill uh, Bill looks pretty good for this in a, in a way because of his just open violence on He's his He's got life. a bit of rage. I will yeah, say that. I think so. And okay, first off, I don't... I'm not blaming the victim. Understand this. But you, she keeps throwing the video in his face. And a little part of me is like, and I'm sorry for saying it, what did you think was going to... Why are you doing... I know she's mad. But like, if you're so mad and if you say you don't want to see him ever again, walk out of the room. You know? Don't antagonize this idiot. Just walk out of the room as opposed to throwing the video in his face again and getting physical with him again. And then you get hit. And it's like... You know, you shouldn't have... I understand you're angry, but you said you didn't want to see him again. Walk out of the room. Especially with the lawyers present. I mean, it's easier said than done. I guess. You know, it's one of those things when you find something about somebody that, you know, you're spending your life with, you don't know what can happen. Like, you don't know the anger and why you can <sighs> come out and the person you can become just because of it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I would do that. You know, I think, I think being ignoring is the worst thing is the most hurtful thing you can do to somebody who hurt you because they 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 expect you to be angry they expect you to you know attack you and so i think ignoring is a very powerful thing because it really hurts them um but most people don't act that way right we just go crazy and 
And I think that should, that's what she's doing. I mean, she should just walk away. You know, she keeps saying it, but she doesn't walk away. Especially the video. Why would you have not deleted the video from your phone? I, I mean, ass- I know she needs this for proof, I guess. I assume, but, but for proof, you're right. But I assume for proof, you would have put that on a server right. or something at like this point lawyer. with your divorce or divorce attorney. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, get it off your phone. First off, you got to get off the flip phone. Doesn't she have one of those kind of <laughs> older flip phones? <laughs> yeah. Like, get an iPhone. You got to get off the flip phone. But, um, you know, take Bill's money, whatever. You know, yeah. take his Appleson stock. But get off the phone and, and, try to move on with that portion of your life because here's the thing too i know bill hit her and i assume because the lawyers are present something has to happen to him they can't mm-hmm. just say oh this never happened you know he's got to face some kind of something um but let's say that he didn't hit her let's say she came up and she hit him you know because she was so angry because she kind of instigated this thing so does she want to go to jail does she want to then commit a crime or an assault or something? It's like move on as much as you can while letting your attorneys work this out. You apparently have a great divorce attorney. Let that happen. But you know what? Maybe she did it on purpose. Maybe she wanted him to hit her. So she instigated it for that end so because, she could have more leverage or yeah. something. Yeah. Maybe, you know, she had <laughs> she had this talk with her lawyer before and he was like, listen, if you can get him to hit you. <laughs> women are, women well, yeah, are genius. She also didn't think about... Um, her like the implications of the video and a motive for her to to yeah. kill Cindy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, she's all like the lawyer said. She's definitely a suspect. That is a complete motive. If you found out that your husband had an affair, obviously you'd have some animosity to the woman he was with. Yeah, but can't they prove that she didn't find out until afterwards? Like, when did she get that video? Obviously, she didn't have it before because they're still living together. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know when she would have gotten the video or if, she, or if they could have proved that she would have known something else beforehand. Mm-hmm. I guess what it comes down to is does she have an alibi? And right. we don't know yet if she has an alibi for the time of the death. So I guess that's the biggest question. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll see. That's a good point about her and that thing. But it also makes Bill look pretty bad because of the violence in mm-hmm. front of people towards his wife. So if he's going to lash out and be that violent that quickly. Yeah. Right. Especially when he he's easily, in the wrong, right? Yeah, Especially exactly. him when he's the one who screwed up. And he could have done the same thing to Cindy had he, if he's the killer. He could have done the same thing to Cindy that he did to his wife in that thing where they kind of get in a scuffle and then he pushes her and hits her or whatever and she falls. Yeah. His wife just fell on the ground. If Cindy is at the top of the stairs, she's going to fall down the stairs. So theoretically, he could have in a way just recreated the murder had he been the guilty one. Right. Or had that scene played out over, like, a staircase. Yeah. I mean, I just don't... I just don't understand. It Because it's, it said... It, she was giving Eric a blowjob 15 minutes before she died. That would have been such a fast change of events. Like, for him to leave in that time and for Bill to come and, and like, this happened already. Listen, you know, if anybody's going to leave less than 15 minutes after a blowjob, it's Eric Blunt. Like, yeah, if anybody's going to do that, okay, it's we're good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's just going to bounce. <laughs> Uh, uh, My helicopter's yeah. outside. I gotta go. No, I'm okay with him leaving. I mean, it just it seems too fast for him to like leave, and then Bill come in and they have a fight. Like it's too close, you know. He would have like five minutes for them to like talk, fight, and kill her. I'm worried that this is going to turn into like almost a caricature of a police detective show, where Eric's there 15 minutes before the, Eric's lawyers following Eric around, so he's also there. Bill shows up because he's still in love with Cindy. Mark shows up because he's drunk and he wants to get back with her. <laughs> and Bill's wife shows up, and there's like seven possible murderers at the house at the right. same time. I'm worried, it, time exactly. I'm worried it's going to be something like that. You know, it was Colonel Mustard in the you know living room with whatever um i hope it's not something like that yeah. but you're right the window is so small in the mm-hmm. 15 minutes that's the most damning piece of evidence for me with eric besides the seam and the dna is that such a small window it's like 
what really could have happened to have him uh, to have them do that perform mm-hmm. that then him leave then somebody else show up then a full argument to happen yeah, it's and then a short of a time it's crazy i mean because even if he did leave like right after like by the time he walks out and drives out that's another like 2 minutes 2 3 minutes but the time somebody walks in it's another 2 3 minutes so it, it, it literally is like 5 minutes left and, and the only way I think that happens is if somebody, and this is why Bill looks good and why Mark looks good, if somebody has been watching, if right. somebody yeah. sees yeah, Eric was then, there. Then it could have, yeah. Yeah. Or, or for that matter, Bill's wife. Those three may be the best for this time period if somebody was watching to see what happened with Eric or to see him leave, and then they go and confront Cindy. Right. Like, Eric leaves, and then they obviously are right there to, to yeah. have that conversation. And they're already heated, so they're right. in the argument, mm-hmm. so it just begins and boom. I guess. Well, we'll see. Four episodes left. We shall see. All right, let's talk about relationships in this episode because it wasn't all court case. It was obviously Terry and Mulligan, and they didn't really ever have that conversation again about kissing. They didn't do it last week, and they didn't do it again this week, so it's still hanging over our head, and we need to see how that plays out. But we do see a lot with Terry uh, and anger issues, I guess. Now, the first scene with the guys in the bar, I don't know about y'all. I've I've never beat up anybody in a bar because I'm not tough. If I were, maybe I would have. But... I feel like you have, Marina. But. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. But it's one of those things that I've always wanted to. Wanted to beat No, just two guys punch up. someone once in my life. Full enough. JB's volunteer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Bobby's right over there. Yeah. Next, next week on the show. Next. Um, <laughs> well, now, on. Hey, now that Monty's out, we'll volunteer for her. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. no, no. <laughs> That's a scary thing to say. Okay, well. Um, if the- they, they would have to really, really, really deserve it. I've always no. wanted to punch somebody in my life. And you're tall. Your reach is long. I feel like you could, like, <laughs> outpunch a lot of people. Hold so. on, like, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, moving on. I've totally lost my train of thought. Uh, speaking of punching at the bar, was was uh, English justified in that bar scene to knock those two guys out? Was that right? I think Didn't they throw the first punch? They did. They threw the first punch. All they right. got in his face, all that so stuff. So he was just defending himself. You know, I think... If the guys were just giving him a hard time and then he he went for it, but they they first of all they broke the glass on him and then they threw a punch. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, just let them punch you? And there's a racist overtone when they say, you know, aren't you gonna clean that up, boy? You don't right. say yeah. boy to somebody in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know what you're saying when you do that. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, I think as a cop, he definitely shouldn't have because it's you know it's kind of like a like a con air situation where he's. Had so Thank much um, yes training that like yes. you know it really isn't fair. It's kind of like assault with a dead. We've been weapon. talking about Conair all day. Oh, yes. Nice. yes, yes. I'm glad uh, <laughs> we can reminisce about that. Good movie. Good movie. I'm telling um, you, Nick Cage. I'll watch it. So. Don't worry. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, as like a human being, I completely back back him. Um, you know, those guys were being way out of line um, and getting in his face. They were harassing other people at the bar. You know, he, as a cop, he definitely should have said, like, I'm a cop. You guys are, are done. <laughs> like, that's it for you. Yeah. But, you know, as just a, as, as a guy and a human being, you know, he reacted in a, in a normal civilian way. So was Mulligan wrong to overreact on him? I think, um, well, I think coming from her who, you know, went and killed that guy. Ever. Ooh, yeah, that is a little hypocritical. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I don't think she's in a in a place to do that. But but I, I mean, somebody should have said something to him, you know. So she was the only one there. 
Well, it's an interesting story, too, with Mulligan um, and her ex and Terry, because she kind of says something to him, that time you got in a fight with my ex, and Terry's like, that was three years ago. And immediately, I know we were all like, what the hell are you talking about? And then we learn later kind of what that was about. Um, so I guess, first off, before we get to the ex, does Terry have an anger problem? Because she says, what does she say to him? You've been quick with your hands lately. She yeah. didn't say you've been violent lately. And I don't know about y'all, but when she said quick with your hands lately, I think we knew that was the kiss, too. Right. It wasn't just fighting. Yeah. So she was trying to tell him, oh, you've got an anger problem or whatever. But she's also kind of being passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Mulligan, you're tough. You're a detective. You're straightforward. You're blunt. Don't do this passive aggressive stuff where you just say quick with your hands and then he calls you on it. He was like, What do you mean? Give me specific examples. And she doesn't tell him about the kiss. Yeah. That's unacceptable. Say it. Yeah. I, I don't think they're being honest with each other. No, oh, no, not definitely not. Absolutely they're not. Definitely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. And that's um, the problem because they have such a good detective relationship. Right. And yet now, here it comes, it's going to get messed up. And it's both their faults on that kiss, mm-hmm. but it's going to get messed up because they haven't squashed the beef and they haven't talked about it. That's on them. I wonder if they haven't because they actually have feelings for each other and they want more. Because I feel like it was if it was something that it was just like, oh, it was just a kiss, it was like, laugh it off. Like, it was just a kiss. They were drinking wine, you're drunk, yeah, mistakes happen, exactly. absolutely. yeah. But they were making such a big deal out of it, you know, and, and lying to each other and making little comments like that. And so it makes me think that there's something else there. Right. Well, especially, I mean, in the last episode... Um, when Terry started singing oh, the karaoke yeah. song, Hildy got a little hot and heavy and yeah. had to leave. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely, th- I mean, maybe it's just because they haven't talked about it and it's still unresolved, but it seems like she is definitely feeling something. Um, you know, whether that gets explored later, we'll, we'll see. I hope we do see. And then we, we, Meet Hildy's ex. We've seen him before. We meet him a little bit again, and he's talking to English and making amends for that fight and whatever. And the whole time he's making amends and saying, I hated you, I was envious of you, I was jealous of you, blah, blah, blah. You knew, you know, Hildy in a way that I didn't know her. The whole time I'm looking at Terry's face and I'm thinking, Terry's going to tell him they kiss. This is the time to tell him. And he doesn't do it, which is probably okay. It's probably not the time to tell him, (laughs) but he didn't do it. And then he went to Chris Walton, and we've talked about that a little bit. Um, should Terry have come clean to Hildy's ex? I don't think in that situation. I think her ex is in a very um, vulnerable situation right now. You know, he's he just he's been sober for two years and he's trying to do his ninth step, I guess. Yeah. And be honest. And I think it's one of those things that they just want to get it out of their chest. You know, they don't want to receive it. You know, they just need to, like... Right, clean. right. That moment was really about him. Right, it yeah. was about him. It was not about Terry. So I don't I don't think he would be ready to hear that. And it probably was... And it may be the kind of thing, even though that uh, Hildy and her ex were broken up at this point during the kiss, is not cheating or anything, it may be the kind of thing that maybe spurs him back into drinking again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely. okay, maybe it was right for him not to do it. Um, last thing, and then we're going to go to predictions. We'll do news next week. I know we're a little short on time, but we got to talk Mark Strauss. Yeah. This suicide. Yes. yes. Or apparent suicide, overdose, whatever it is. Uh, two questions. Was it actually a suicide? And is that suicide note where he says he killed Cindy Strauss, is that legit? I say no. I say definitely not his note. Because mm-hmm. I th- we're... I mean, we've got more episodes to go, so, <laughs> I mean, just right off the bat, it's too easy of, yeah. a, of an out. Um, whether or not he committed suicide, that's a little bit more of a gray area. I think he may have wanted an out, but I think he wasn't alone. I think someone helped 
or kind of gave him the idea. Obviously, he was sort of pushed uh, pretty far by Daniels, but I think maybe he went for help and someone convinced him that there was no other way out. I think I think it was not Daniels. I don't think he did it, but I think he ordered somebody to do it. Wow. That's a huge bomb drop. Daniels, woo. I mean, it's his case. He's known for winning. He wants to win. You got to win at all costs. Wow, that is a true Doberman. I think you just made a prediction. So Uh-oh. without further ado, Woo! let's go to predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. That was a huge bomb. That was. That was. You just you never know. It's I'm going to tell you what. Marina's been right about like everything the past couple days. Whatever yeah, it is, Marina's the, been winning. So yes. maybe she's right about this. That's true. I like true. It. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think about that. I have to admit. I think it is. That it, would be it's a, like a he's twist. somebody in his team. Or, I don't know. That would be low. Hey, he what he does is is when he doesn't care how it's done. Wow, is that your prediction, or do you have another one besides it? Tell us what else is going to happen, Marina. <laughs> yeah, just use <laughs> your psychic <laughs> powers. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> the Daniels thing is well, big. Daniel, if Daniels yeah, is pretty big. That's pretty Daniels. big. I, I will say big. this. Terry is going to open up the case for um, Chris Walton. Oh, Walton's uh, case? Okay. You know, on, I think under the table kind of thing. I don't think he's going to be telling people, but he's going to be working on it to figure out who was actually the killer. Well, if you've been convicted of a murder, it's going to take years to get something. I mean, you hear stories in the news about, you know, these nonprofit judicial things that, like, look at wrongfully convicted people. That takes years to do that. So if he's wrongfully convicted, it's going to take forever anyways. So it would probably have to be under the table. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all I have. All right. Well, I will jump in. I think I don't think it's Daniels. I think it is partly the lawyer, though. I will piggyback to that. That guy's shady. Some other guy's shady. He is shady. I think um, it's again a, a trio of people. I think it's Eric. I think it's Bill, and I think it's the the ponytail lawyer. <laughs> he. I mean what. I mean, you've obviously predicted this since episode one because of the ponytail or maybe some other stuff. But I feel like he is sort of the common denominator in everybody's relationship. Um, you know, he was sitting in when Daniels left. He was um, there with Bill and the lawyer. Um, you know, he's kind of behind the scenes but he's also connected to them to them the most yeah um you know i think maybe he's a prime suspect for sending uh bill's wife that video um you know the motivations are are definitely unclear i i think he's he knows so much and he's in a prime place to kind of of fix stuff he said he was a cleaner so i don't know if he's i don't think he's against eric and bill but um, like in the last episode, Bill and Eric had that moment. They're like, yeah, you know, like we have each other's back. And there's that weird look. I feel like they're all working together. And maybe maybe it was an accident. And they, you know, some they got in a fight and Cindy fell or something, some unintentional way. And they're all trying to clean it up. I'm going to let you make my case for me with totally. the lawyer. I don't know if it's a whole group thing like that, but I know that Hertzberg's involved. Yeah. You can't be a lawyer with a ponytail and not be a little exactly. shit. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely think he <laughs> killed or like told Mark to kill himself. Interesting. All okay. Right. I will say real quick on my last prediction, um, the lawyer, I'm going to stick with my guy, but 
I think that Hildy and English will break up as detectives at some Ooh, point. Oh, and I think Mulk, I think Raphael Sparge, who we had last week, I think he's going to play a bigger role. I think some of the other detectives are because they're going to take... One of them will take Hildy, the other one will take English, and those two are not going to be able to work together anymore because of this relationship thing, I'm telling you. We'll see. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. That's it this week on Murder in the First. Twitter and all that sort of stuff, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rena Brazil. You can find me at JB underscore Zimmerman. And I'm on Twitter at Bobby Demiro on Instagram at Mr. Bobby Demiro. Guys, that's it this week on Murder in the First. We'll see you another week from today, another Monday night next week to talk more Murder in the First and hopefully get some clarity on this case. I just want to find out who the killer is. I've been waiting for six weeks. We're going to have to wait for four more. So that's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in and watching, subscribing, doing all that good stuff on iTunes and YouTube. We will see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.